Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, February 7th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, we had the theatrical equivalent of Ocean's Eleven happening at Lincoln Center yesterday. Hmm. As two-time Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage tweeted out, I'm locked in the bathroom at Lincoln Center. I have been banging and yelling. If you see this tweet, send help. Can you, ima- <laughs> can you imagine Lynn Nottage stuck in a bathroom at Lincoln Center and can't get out? Well, a bunch of people came to her rescue. I'll follow up real quick. Uh, Lincoln Center Theater eventually uh, tweeted, all is well. Thank you, everyone, for the speedy response. Lynn has been found and rescued on with intimate apparel rehearsals. If only Joey Connors could have saved her. <laughs> yeah, little Michael in the bathroom yeah, duet or something. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, can you just imagine? I just, I mean, luckily she had her phone. Yeah, and and, and you, have, you ever spent some time in Lincoln Center? You lucky she had a signal. Who, who's her carrier? Who's... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, it's just uh, uh, what a what a day to be a two time Pulitzer Prize winner. <laughs> uh, you know. It's good that uh, we got Len out because we like Len. Well, we'll wait and see how the MJ musical goes. Ah, uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oof. So, do you think that they uh, raised all the money that they needed for the MJ musical? I mean, they've they're they've got ads out there and they've got marquees and all that kind of stuff. I I don't know. Maybe they should run a Patreon. Good luck with that. <laughs> Are you going to do the Patreon tease? I can't. You you took the lead. I was going to let you do it. But yes, if you would like to contribute to a less problematic cause, <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon and join in our fun. I, I am less than two days away from recording with Jennifer McHugh for our Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist edition of Some Like It Pop. So get in on that because that will be a Patreon exclusive. All right. So first up in the news, we have Netflix announces its next movie musical. Next? Next. Uh, this is actually, though, James, this is not necessarily new news. It was reported but not confirmed back in September when we learned that the streaming service would be bringing Jason Robert Brown's Tween Age Musical 13 to screens large and small. But it is now official. Variety officially reported yesterday that the great stage and screen musical producer Neil Marin will produce the film, which will be directed by Tamara Davis, while Tony winner Robert Horn will adapt the script from Dan Elish's book. JRB will also compose new music for the film treatment of his musical. The movie is expected to start production in August, and they are currently casting teen triple threats with Broadway or Broadway level experience. Now, James, I knew all of those names that we mentioned before, except for Tamara Davis. So I did a little, little looking, a little searching, and uh, it, p- it turns out she is mostly a film director. Obviously, she's doing this, or screen director. She has directed such cinema classics as the Britney Spears vehicle Crossroads, the Dave Chappelle and Jim Brewer comedy Half-Baked, and the crowning jewel of all crowning jewels, Billy Madison. Oh, no. <laughs> she, yes. Oh, yes. She's also directed a ton of TV episodes, including recently things like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Younger, and three episodes of season one of High School Musical, the musical, the series. So 
for me, a mostly 90s child coming of age at the time when those movies uh, ish came out, especially Billy Madison. Uh, yeah, I, I think this works. I mean, that. When did 13 come out? 2005? Is that right? Yeah, 2005. So, I mean, this feels like it's in her era wheelhouse. Nice. So, uh, that's good recon work there. And the Billy Madison thing. I, has Billy Madison ever been attempted uh, a musicalization? It should. It totally it, should. It really should. I mean, of all of the uh adam sandler movies like that seems like the one that would make the most sense yeah but uh jrb in netflix i you know i i've very very good feelings about this i love this so uh are are you uh is is netflix one of your many monthly uh expenses oh yeah i've got them all i've got them. yeah <laughs> But one thing I don't have to worry about is whether shampoo is better or conditioner is better. Ah, yes, that's true. So you're saving some money there. All right. So uh, next up, Slate joins the anti-attractive Seymour campaign. Yes, this is actually not what I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about the fact that Slate published an article talking about uh, the, the tweet for the article was Seymour lets a literal plant push him around. All these hot actors simply cannot play him. This is something we talked about yesterday. Our friend Robbie Rizal has been beating this drum since Groff Sauce was originally cast. This comes on the heels of Jeremy Jordan, an objectively attractive human, being cast to play the role off-Broadway. So as only Jeremy Jordan can do, he issued a formal response to Slate yesterday with a series of four pictures, um, which I'm guessing he does not think makes him look either cool or hot. I think you could <laughs> probably argue about some of them, um, but there are definitely some of them that does not make him, uh, they, they don't frame him in the most attractive uh, of lights. So I'm a big Jeremy Jordan fan. I think he's obscenely talented. Got one of the best voices, male voices of a generation. I think he's also really fun. So uh, I thought this was about as perfect of a response as you can get from Jeremy Jordan. Uh, one of these uh, pictures looks like he's auditioning for Harry Potter. I'm not. I'm not really sure. What's That's that. exactly what it looks like. Yeah, he's got a. He's got like a towel around as like a th- as a cape, cape he's and a... he's got a wand. It looks like. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, Elphaba magnets on a mini fridge behind him. I see there too. I'm not sure what this was, but yeah. Yeah, he's backstage somewhere. He's got a head. He's got a wireless a mic, mic on. on. Yeah, I don't know what this is from. Maybe waitress. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a there's a squigs drawing behind it that looks yeah. like waitress. A squigs drawing, I saw that. And, uh, yeah. Is that a Funko Pop on the uh, on, on the in the refrigerator? Those yeah, those are Alphaba Funko Pop magnets. They are customs. They are not actual official Funkos. Ah, I see. You know, is there a Funko Pop podcast? Because maybe you know, I'm sure that. I I mean, I'm there's like 18 podcasts for everything. So I'm assuming that something like Funko Pop, which is extremely popular with white dudes, is going to have an inordinate amount of podcasts, which are also very popular with white dudes. Okay. So uh that has been our uh our uh, suddenly Seymour uh, section of the day, but I, I suppose that we're going to get back to this. I I mean, we, we were 
I was talking with another Broadway Radio listener uh, about this again yesterday, and we were talking about uh, if they were to announce another one, perhaps Lucas Steele could be the next Seymour after. And if they were like, if they were doing this in the 80s, Ted McGinley would have been doing it, or maybe Maxwell Caulfield would have been a cool writer, Seymour, something like that. I'm very confused where you're going with those references, but I will I will take all of them. That's fine. I'm not I, I'm not sure what you're referencing with those no, people. I'm just saying, you know, uh, uh, what has been uh, said to be classically good looking young white men that could play Seymour, but in different time frames in the 80s, uh, you know, the, the Maxwell Caulfield and the. Well, uh, well, Maxwell Caulfield kind of played a dorky guy in Greece, too. So. He already kind of did the yeah good-looking dork, although he did have the alternate persona of cool writer, of course. Speaking of uh, actors who have alternate personalities of uh, oh my serial God. killers, Roger Bart is back in rehearsal for a Back to the Future musical. Oh, my God, James. This is, this is exactly what I would hope and expect a Back to the Future musical would be. They released 48 seconds of rehearsals uh, of a song called It Works being sung by Roger Bart. And my favorite lyric from this is, quote, I found what I was searching for. It's called a flux capacitor. <laughs> I mean, it is perfect. There's literally nothing you could do. Now, I will say Roger's delivery wasn't perfect because he called it a flex capacitor and therefore did not complete the rhyme. But I'm imagining the lyricist, whatever brilliant human that was, wanted the four and tour rhyme. So I'm going to give the uh, the lyricist the benefit of the doubt. But this is exactly like they, you could not get a better line of musical theater lyrics for a Back to the Future musical than I found what I was searching for. It's called a flex capacitor. It's perfect. All right. Uh, just, just, just to make sure, Back to the Future the Musical is playing at the Opera House Manchester over in the UK from February 20th through May 17th. And dear God, I want it to come to the US. <laughs> that, that, that's relatively soon. That's uh, 14 days away, right? Uh, it is, yep. That, yep. that little uh, the video thing it sort of looks like they're in a black box in like, street clothes. Uh, are, are they? Yeah, but it, they, they, for those press things, they often just kind of do them randomly. But this could have been I got it. This was officially released. So this could have been uh, this could have been recorded a while ago. Yeah. John Schwab, Matt Humphreys, please get on that. Yeah. Well, John's coming over uh, to the States. And we're going to actually go see a show together uh, this coming Monday. Oh, yeah. Thanks for there the invite. Right? All right. All right. So <laughs> what do we have in show and casting news. All right, we've got two quick stories, James. Yesterday, we got a new departure and a new replacement for Mean Girls on Broadway. As current company member Olivia Kaufman will be taking over the role of Janice Sarkeesian from the original star Barrett Wilbert Weed beginning on March 10th. So if you are keeping track at home, which I am sure that you are, you will know that we are still waiting to hear who will be replacing Erica Henningsen as Katie after she leaves on February 22nd and who will replace Kate Rockwell as Karen after March 8th. Now... I would not be surprised if they didn't have like an understudy go on for a couple weeks 
for Katie and if they want to bring in the new Katie with the rest of the company so they can rehearse together. So we might not get a new Katie right away, but I would they seem to be doling these out one at a time. So I don't know if we'll get something on Friday, but I would imagine we'll get some more announcements next week. But um, I think we'll there. I feel pretty confident that one of them will be a name that people half my age will know. And finally, James, yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced the stars who will be performing at this year's 15th annual Broadway Backwards event on March 16th. There will actually be more people announced later. But currently, we know that the show will include performances by Laura Benanti, Norbert Leo Butts, Lynn Cario, Jen Colella, who will also be hosting for the second year in a row, Ariana DeBose, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Chalina Kennedy, Derek Klenna, Patty Murin, Ken Page, James Snyder, Elizabeth Stanley, and more. Again, the show will take place on March 16th. It'll be at the new Amsterdam Theater, and tickets are now on sale. So uh, a lot of these things all line it up. We had MCC yesterday. We have uh, mm-hmm. we have uh, the Broadway backwards today. Uh, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. Do, does uh, uh, any of these other major events that are coming up? I mean, we we have to we have to parse out these things. Uh, lots of people I've been seeing on social media have have been securing their uh, ragtime tickets for the Actors yeah. Fund. Yeah. Uh, That's coming up in April. I would imagine we'd start to get some sort of uh, additional casting here soon, because currently all we know, I think, is Stokes and Audra. Stokes and Audra. And, and Robbie. Is Robbie doing it? I don't know. He'd be a good, be a good, uh, a good son or whatever the character's name is. Little boy. Little boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, I guess that's about it. And now you are quickly wrapping up and packing a bag and jumping in a car to an awaiting plane to come to New York. Very soon. I will be uh, in New York, hopefully, if all goes well, by 930 in the a.m. on Sunday uh, so that I will have plenty of time to get to my hotel, drop off my bags and go see uh, Tina, the Tina Turner musical on Sunday afternoon. Excellent. All right. So why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up the week with us. And uh, this week on Broadway on Sunday and then coming back on Monday, it'll be the Ashley Steves show. And I will be sitting in the... uh, Ed McMahon chair. So, uh, Ashley and I will talk to you then. You are correct, sir. <laughs> it's a really terrible Ed McMahon, but it's all I got it's on short like, notice. Uh, it's kind of like John McLaughlin there.